Our homes are supposed to be our own private space. We're supposed to feel safe and relaxed there. But have you ever lived in a house where you just knew something wasn't right? And then, as time goes by, the terrifying realisation that you are not actually alone there hits you. This has been my experience more than once, but I wanted to share with you all my own personal experience of one place that I once lived in. Now, most of the stories I share on my channel are real-life stories that have happened to other people, and although the places and dates are the same, I give them anonymity by changing names, as not everybody wants to be identified. But today, I will break that cycle of anonymity, only for myself, as I reveal that some of the stories I have shared with you all have actually been my own personal experiences. How can you tell which ones are mine? Easy. Any male whose experience I have shared, whose name starts with the letter D, is me, Daniel. Hardly a genius code, I realise, but in order to keep the format of the stories consistent, I have retold them the same way. I guess you'll have to go back and listen to them all again to see which ones are me. Anyway, this house was probably the worst place I've ever lived in, and it had all the hallmarks of a haunted home which revealed themselves over time. I can easily say that nearly every place I've ever lived in, sooner or later, the paranormal will reveal itself to me. It kind of feels like it's drawn to me, and not as in I'm haunted or have attachments or anything like that. It's almost as if they know I can see and sense them, but that's a story for another day. Anyway, this is my own personal true story about a place I lived in back in 2004, 2005, in Pendle Hill, New South Wales. I have to admit, I knew some of the signs of hauntings back then, but I never recognised all of them until they actually happened to me. I had moved into a place with my partner at the time, as we needed some more space than the previous place we'd lived in. The problem was, though, that money was tight. It was difficult to find a place on what I could afford at the time. But at some stage, a friend of a friend told us about this place, and it was available. I'm not going to lie though, the place wasn't great, and I had my reservations, but with limited options and limited money, we moved in. My hesitance at moving in was made worse when I recognised that according to the Chinese ideas of Feng Shui, this place was bad. It was house number four, in a block of four, from the front door you could see straight out to the back door, and behind us was a nursing home. These are all very bad circumstances for a property under Feng Shui, and eventually it was a recipe for disaster. But let me just explain that Feng Shui is not about superstition, it's simply about the flow of energy. The belief is that if your house is in a certain position and designed in a certain way, that good energy will flow through your home. With that comes success in work, health, relationships, etc. Bad energy flow then obviously leads to the opposite. The first of the issues I had at that property was that the hallway light would only work when it wanted to. One moment it would work and the next you could not switch it on. I would change light bulbs and sometimes a new bulb would work even if the old bulb wasn't burnt. Other times 
a new bulb had no effect at all. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's hardly creepy in an old place, I know. But consider this. It was the only electrical in the house that ever played up. And over time, numerous electricians had attended to check the light and the wiring. And nothing was ever found to be wrong. That annoying light was just the very start of my issues. After a few weeks of living there, mould started to grow on the ceiling and walls of the house, in particular the main bedroom. I spent a lot, and I mean a lot of time, cleaning that mould off the ceiling and walls. There were no moisture or water leak issues. We checked, and we kept the place well ventilated. However, that mould would just grow and spread across the ceiling very quickly. It seemed to grow within a day or two sometimes. You could clean the whole space and it would all seem to be back in no time at all. That black mould, it was horrible. It spread across the ceiling almost as if it were trying to take over the whole room. Sometimes I would stand there and look at it, trying to figure out exactly what was going on and what I could do about it. And sometimes we could almost swear that it seemed to spread right before our eyes. I knew logically it couldn't be doing that, but I could have sworn that it did. After the mould appeared, everything just simply got creepier. One day I had some spare time on my hands, so I decided to go through and sort my CD collection. I had looked at the CDs, and come the end of the day, I left them in a single pile in their cases, ready to be packed away the next day. I left them there for a couple of hours, and went on to do other things. The day moved on, and I wasn't able to get back to the CDs. It was now late at night, and I was locking up the house, and getting ready to go to bed. As I was doing so, we were in the main bedroom, and suddenly, heard a loud bang. Confused and scared as to what it was, I had to investigate. The sound seemed to come from the living room, and at first I thought that maybe an intruder was trying to get in. Cautiously, I approached the living room, which was opposite the bedroom, and put the light on. I looked straight at the windows, and noticed that nothing was moved or touched. There was no intruder. All there was, was an uncomfortable silence. I looked across the room to see that the CDs were scattered across the floor. And I mean scattered. They were spread across the floor as if someone had deliberately hit them. They couldn't have simply fallen as they had been there untouched for hours. A bit freaked out by now, I explained to my partner at the time, who was still in the other room, that the CDs had just fallen and it was nothing else. This was one of the first series of excuses I would have to make up about the goings-on in that house. Because if she suspected that the place was haunted, she would be out of there in no time. And like I said, I just couldn't afford anywhere else just yet. As I picked up the CDs and put them back into neat piles, I could almost swear I could feel a presence over my right shoulder behind me in the room. I turned to look, but there was nothing there. I very quickly got out of there and went to bed. A couple of weeks later, I had another incident occur that I just couldn't explain. I had finished cleaning up the mould on that darned wall and ceiling again, and had left all the cleaning stuff in the bathroom afterwards. 
In particular, the bucket that I had used was washed and rinsed and left upside down to dry. It was in a secure place and was there for a few hours before I went to go to bed. While I was in bed, a massive bang was heard from the bathroom. My partner at the time freaked out. She looked at me quite afraid from behind the blanket and asked, What was that? I was having very strong suspicions that we were not alone in this house by now. And, I admit, I was scared to go and see what it was. But, I had to. I crept over to the bathroom, which was the next room from us. I could feel my heart racing. The silence in the house was deafening after that loud crashing noise. And all I could hear was my heart beating in my ears. I looked into the bathroom and walked slowly. In my mind's eye, I could see a shadow figure hiding in the shower cubicle ready to jump out and scare me. I was unreasonably afraid, and I just don't know why. I looked in the shower cubicle first. There was nothing there. I looked at the window. It wasn't broken. Then I noticed that the bucket I had used earlier that day was in the bathtub. That bucket hadn't just fallen from the tap fixture. It was again as if someone had deliberately thrown it down. Now, it was only a plastic bucket, but it had some damage on the outside. She called out from the room, What is it? I said, Oh, the bucket just fell. Nothing to worry about. Another made-up excuse. I stood there, realising that there was something going on in the house, and that I had no control over it. And from now on, the classical haunting symptoms really increased. There was nothing I could do about it, and nothing was ever the same again. Soon enough, it started. The one thing that so many haunted houses seem to have in common. Footsteps. They could be heard very clearly at night, walking up and down the corridor. The same corridor where the annoying light was always playing up. Funny thing was that the footsteps could only be heard at night and when we were both in bed. If we got up to look at what was causing the noise, it would stop, sometimes for a few minutes, up to a few hours before it would start again. Up and down the corridor they went, up and down, towards the kitchen and then back towards the front door, sometimes for hours on end. She would ask me what that noise was, and I had to make up dodgy explanations. I told her that it must be the neighbour with whom we shared a common wall, and that he must be walking up and down the corridor at night. She was never quite convinced, and I knew she wasn't convinced. But again, what could I do? When the footsteps started, I realised for sure that there was something in the house, and I had no idea how to combat it. I was scared that I would see something. I was scared that whatever it was would decide to enter our room. And I was scared that I couldn't do anything about it. Next, the arguing started between us. Toxic arguments and a horrible environment to live in at all times became the norm. It was horrible. We seemed to clash on everything and even the smallest things would cause arguments to the point of nearly breaking up. A sock on the floor, 
a bottle of milk in the wrong place in the fridge. It was horrible. The signs were now compounding. Things being seemingly moved at night. The constant growing mould. The footsteps up and down the corridor. And now, the horrible arguments. And I tell you guys, things just got worse and worse. The ex-partner used to do some late shifts, and so I was home alone on another occasion. The house was creepy enough that if you were home alone, you wanted to stay in the bedroom where it felt safest. One night, when home alone, I was reading a book about UFOs. And it was nothing scary about them. The book was more on the topic of UFOs and the engineering behind them. It covered topics on how it was supposed that UFOs could work and the mechanical designs that might allow space travel. I remember it spoke about Bob Lazar and his work as well. Now, I was getting quite tired, and so I got ready for bed. I decided to put the book down and go to sleep. I readied myself into bed, and switched off the lights. And then, after a minute or so, I noticed that I could see something I thought was in the room with me. Now, how do I explain this? It was a grey alien, but it wasn't physically in the room with me. It seemed to pop up in my vision, as if I was having some kind of hallucination. Suddenly, my vision was filled with grey alien after grey alien. I could see them everywhere in my vision. If I looked away or closed my eyes, they were still there. I grew afraid, and I didn't understand what was going on. I blinked my eyes. I thought I was either having a medical episode, or I was going crazy and hallucinating. They would just not go away from my vision. I tried to ignore it, but it was everywhere, and they lasted a few minutes before, in a panic, I switched on the light in the hopes that they would go away. They did slowly fade, but I was too afraid to switch that light back off. And this has never happened to me before or since. On another evening that she was at work, I was home alone again and settling to bed. I checked my phone and settled everything down. I switched off the light and tried to get some sleep. But as was the case so many times in that house, I just couldn't get to sleep. After a time of laying in bed, I closed my eyes and I suddenly heard in the quiet of the night the voice of an old lady, clear as day, say, Excuse me? as if she was going to ask me a question. My eyes shot open wide in fear. All I could see was pitch blackness of the room, and I was terrified to look around the room, in case something was there. Was there someone that had come to visit me? To ask for help? Or to scare the crap out of me? I wanted to tell myself that I didn't hear it, but it was too clear, too obvious that I did. When I did gather the courage to look around, I put the light on. And from here on in, this grown adult had to sleep with the light on in that house. I also remember another evening. We were at the front of the house, where we very clearly heard the back door of the house open, and then footsteps in the corridor as if someone had stepped inside. As soon as we heard it, we ducked into the corridor to look at the back door, and it was closed shut, and no one was there. It was at this stage that we started having conversations about the place being a little bit unusual. I already knew, but the realisation was dawning on my partner at the time 
and she tried to ignore it as much as she could. Whether this was related or not to the goings-on in the house, I'm not sure. But one morning, after a night shift, I had the weirdest dream, and I've not had another like it since. In my dream, I was walking through a park at night and looked at the dark sky. There was a lady there who said she wanted to show me something. She walked me over to what was essentially a large bush or small tree. She told me that somebody had cried there and their tears fell on the leaves. And that's why I had such bad luck. I looked at the plant and couldn't really do anything else. The lady then disappeared as quickly as she had appeared. I was left alone, looking into an empty park at night. I leant on the park fence. You know, one of the fences that are just log fences, and it was about the height of my torso. I looked out into the darkness and started rocking back and forth, pivoting on the log. Suddenly, I called out in the loudest voice possible to the darkness, What's your name? I felt the strain on my neck for another second or two from the yelling, and I kept rocking back and forth on that log. Suddenly, my eyes opened, and it was broad daylight. I was in my room and on my bed, rocking in a sit-up position, forwards and backwards, just like in the dream. But I couldn't seem to stop it. What was worse was that I also felt myself lifting out of my body. It was as if my body was on the bed, but I was being lifted up and out. It was a warm, buzzing experience, and it felt nice. It felt comforting. And with that, I realised something was wrong. I had to fight to get back into my body, as I started to grow afraid that I wouldn't be able to get back. I managed to fight my way back in, and then the feeling subsided, and the rocking stopped. After trying to figure out what the heck had just happened, I left the room to find out that no one had heard a thing. On another evening, some relatives asked if they could come over for a visit for a short time, and if they could bring their pet bulldog, Macy. And in case you're wondering, yes, Macy wasn't her real name. But Macy was a cute British bulldog who loved being around people. And knowing that she would be coming with the relatives, I commented to my then partner that if there was anything in the house that Macy would notice. Funnily enough, despite being an indoor pet and house trained, Macy refused for several minutes to walk into the door of the house when they arrived. She looked down the corridor and then at us and did not want to step across that threshold. After much convincing and support from her owners, she eventually did go inside though. Macy was inside without incident for a time, and at some stage her owners decided that she should go out into the small backyard for a while, just in case she needed to go to the toilet. I remember vividly, she stepped out into the backyard and walked around for a very short time. As we were talking and keeping an eye on her, suddenly she let out a yelp and moved her bottom as if something had touched her. She ran back up to where we were at the top of the four or five steps that led to the backyard and would not turn her back to the yard again. She stared into that backyard as if she was watching something closely. There was nothing there that we could see, but obviously she could. 
And she wasn't scanning the yard either. She was staring at one particular spot. Staring. Staring. She wouldn't take her eyes off that spot. Her owners were baffled and commented that she'd never behaved like that before. But I already knew the reason why. I had come to accept the situation for what it was. And I hoped to get the heck out of there as soon as I could. Maybe just a few more months. Eventually, whatever Macy was seeing must have moved away, as she broke her gaze with that part of the yard and came back inside with us. Now, if all this wasn't creepy enough, whoever lived in that house with us decided that it would turn up the creepy just another notch, and this was about the limit of how much we could take. It started one night, and I swear to you, I have never heard anything so terrifying in my life. The whispers. When we lay in bed at night, on some nights, the whispering would start. A voice, or voices, whispering in the corridor. I could never make out the words, but they were definitely voices, and not random noises that sounded like whispers. The sound of them chilled me to my bones. I've never heard anything like it before, or anything like it since. They were loud enough that my then partner would sometimes actually wake up because of them and ask me what they were. I was almost out of explanations at this point, and I told her that the neighbour must be on the phone and it was just his voice travelling through the wall that we could hear. That was a bad lie. The voices were very clearly coming from our corridor and seemed to come from just outside our bedroom door. And it wasn't residual noise from some of the source. You could hear the breathiness of the whispers. By this point, the bedroom door had to be ajar as I couldn't sleep with it wide open as I didn't want to see the corridor. I would lie awake for literally hours some nights just listening to the whispers, hoping to God that nothing walked through that door. And being the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my life, I sure as hell wasn't going out there to see what it was. Things were so bad at the house that I was actively looking for a way out of there. Rentals were too much, but I was saving for a bond on a new place. In the meantime, my then partner's brother had run into some hard times and needed a place to stay. So he moved in with us for a time. We converted the lounge room into a room for him and he stayed there. At first he was annoyed with us because he thought we were walking around at all hours of the night, up and down the corridor. I had to explain to him that it wasn't us. And initially he formed the opinion that it must have been the next door neighbour. Every now and then his girlfriend would also stay over and she'd sleep on the couch in the same room as him. Soon enough though, she was complaining about noises in the corridor and explained to me how she was creeped out at night and couldn't sleep. We offered to try to keep the lights on, but she refused that. She also explained to me, after one particular night, that she could very clearly hear footsteps up and down the corridor as she tried to sleep. She made it clear in no uncertain terms that it was not the neighbour and that the footsteps were from inside the house. She thought she had heard the footsteps walk right up to the doorway of the room they were staying in and stop. 
In the morning, she told me that she didn't dare look up because if she saw something, she would die from fright. That was the last time she stayed over. I had one other way, I believed, of confirming what was going on at this house. And it was kind of unethical in some ways, but if it happened, I knew I was right. I had a friend whose girlfriend I had suspected for some time had some issues in relation to spiritual attachments. She suffered seizures at times, and I recognised that there were certain triggers that she had that were unusual triggers for medical condition. Not that I was medically trained or anything like that, but it just appeared to me that the usual triggers for seizures didn't trigger her seizures. One day they called and said they would drop by. I suspected that if my understanding of the situation was right, and she had attachments like I believed, that she was surely to have a seizure. She hadn't had one in some time, but this was essentially a litmus test for me to see what would happen. They dropped by, and we were having a chat, when not too long after they arrived, maybe about 20 minutes in, even I could feel an energy shift in the room. A crazy energy seemed to take over, and then she started to feel unwell. What I witnessed then, for someone not medically trained to know what to look for, was the strangest seizure I'd ever seen anyone have. It was not quick and with jerking reactions like one imagines an epileptic fit. It was rather slow and gradual, and her movements were almost as if she was swimming in the water. It was just strange to me. After she had had the seizure, and my friend looked after her, and she woke up. She needed water, and they had to leave so she could get some rest. There was no question in my mind anymore that the entity in the house had triggered this response. Essentially, the straw that broke the camel's back presented itself. It was far beyond me being paranoid or mistaken as to what was happening. When other people are having the same experiences you know there's more to it. Finally, one day my sister came over to visit. We were all there for some time, and in the afternoon I had to leave for my work shift. I left, and my sister stayed back for a time with my then partner. After 20 minutes or so, I got a call from my sister. Instinctively, I knew something was up. I answered the call with, What's wrong? instead of hello. My sister said that she'd had a strange experience. As she was leaving the house and said goodbye, my ex was standing in the doorway waving goodbye. As my sister prepared to drive off, she saw a large shadow of a man emerge from the direction of the lounge room, walk behind the ex and disappear up the corridor. That was it for me. If my sister had seen it, it was confirmed. I asked her not to tell my then partner, and plans to move out were made a lot quicker. Within a few short weeks, I found a place elsewhere, away from this nightmare of a place. By this time, the conversation was quite open about what was going on, and there was no need to make up excuses anymore. When we packed and left, I told my then partner that I wanted to be the last to leave that place and that after we moved out, she wasn't to go back there. She agreed not to. And when I left the property that last night, I turned and faced that darkness in one final act of defiance. I stared into the blackened hallway, 
and I waited. Soon enough, I felt as if there was a presence there. I felt watched and no longer alone. Scared, but not flinching, I addressed whatever it was that was there. In my mind's eye, I thought I could see two big eyes floating in the air watching me. But I pushed that image out of my mind. I told it that we were leaving, that it wasn't welcome to follow us and that it had to stay there. I finished what I had to do and left the place for the final time, relieved, re-energised and feeling free. Now, a day or two later, despite our agreement, the ex decided that she would go back to the place one last time without letting me know. But somehow, I just knew. If you'd like to submit your own chilling true tale so that your story might be featured in one of these episodes, contact me through our website at www.chillingtruetales.com or on email on seekersosparanormal at gmail.com. Email details are in the description. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time.